0: Energy management, not time management, is the key to productivity. Because you may be time rich, but if you are energy poor, you are going to waste that time. You are going to procrastinate. And before you know it, that time disappears and you'll be like, where did all that time go? And that is the experience many of us are going through these days. We are desiring more time in our lives, but yet we waste the time we have. Whereas if you are energy rich, even if you're time poor, you still get a lot more done in the time you do have than many do in weeks or months. And that is why understanding how to optimize your energy is key to productivity.
1: Welcome to today's episode of Unleash Thyself. I am your host, Konstantin Moron, and today's guest is Simon Alexander Ong. Simon is a distinguished author, international keynote speaker, and the award-winning coach. His debut book, Energize, published by Penguin in 2022, not only became an instant bestseller, but also received high praise from New York Times bestselling authors like Simon Sinek and Marshall Goldsmith. In 2023, Energize was honored with the Book of the Year Award in the Wellness and Wellbeing category at the Business Book Awards. Today, we are in for a truly enlightening conversation, as Samuel and I delve into the topic of energy and energy management. We'll explore the four energetic bodies, spiritual, mental, emotional, and physical, and the pivotal roles they play in our lives. We'll examine the values of humility and gratitude, the power of choice, the importance of listening to one's heart. Of course, we'll also look at practical tools and practices that you can immediately implement into your life. This is a discussion you won't want to miss. So buckle up, grab a piece of paper and a pen, and prepare for a memorable conversation that's sure to leave a profound impact. Welcome back to Unleash Thyself. I am thrilled to welcome Simon Alexander Ong to the show. Simon, can't wait to hear more about your experiences and insights that have led you to where you are today. And if we may, the unleashed moment the moment you knew you are on this amazing <laughs> beautiful new path to release the best version of yourself
0: constantin thank you so much for having me on today
1: oh it's my pleasure i've been looking forward to this for a few months now so i can't wait to have a beautiful conversation and share as much wisdom as we can with the audience and everyone else that will end up listening or watching this video mm-hmm. so simon uh, you've uh, Been given a few awards lately. You have an amazing book out. You do a lot of speaking gigs. How do you find time in your day to spend time with your family, with your beautiful daughter, and still come on shows like this and and respond to people on social media?
0: Mm, Well, first of all, I think when you do what you love, when you do the things that bring you joy, they actually give you more energy. They, They give you more energy because you're doing the very thing that you were meant to do when you were born into this world now for me when it comes to balance i like to schedule things in my calendar ahead of time so i value spending time with my family i value spending time alone with myself so i can reflect and i can do my own inner work and also deepen my knowledge in certain areas is i block those times out of my diary ahead of time so i can then build my work around that so i don't lose that time to other things that might be coming into my diary. Now, of course, there will be moments from time to time where that may not be possible. So, if I'm traveling for work for a couple of weeks, so I often speak across Europe, in the Middle East, and the US. So, if I'm traveling for a couple of weeks, then of course, I will be away from the family. And when I return home, I look to make up for that by spending the first week or so just with them and doing fun things together. Oh, that's such a beautiful approach, Simon.
1: And I love the idea of when you do what you love, right? And unfortunately, a lot of us in this world today don't get to do what we love, at least not the majority of the time. And that's something that I found out the hard way. I was chasing the American dream. I was Mm. climbing the corporate ladder, but it wasn't bringing joy. So I had to find something that I could bring into my life and then into my professional life to bring that joy. So what have you seen people do to bring more of what they love into their life and ideally get to a point where they can really do mostly what they love.
0: Mm. I think the moment we we begin to do what we love is when we ask ourselves important questions that many of us don't sit down and ask ourselves. Questions such as, what does success mean to me? What does fulfillment look like? And what sort of impact do I want to have in the world? If we are not clear on our own answers to those questions, guess what? We are going to be chasing other people's definition of success. And that is why so many of us are exhausted. We are exhausted not because we are physically doing too much, but because we are doing too little of the things that bring us joy and because we are running someone else's race. Even even Bronnie Ware, the author of the book, The Top Regrets of the Dying, she said the number one regret that the dying had was I wish I lived a life more true to myself than a life lived for others. And so when we heed those words, when we embrace those words of wisdom, what happens is that right now, today, we can change the trajectory of our future by living a life more true to ourselves than a life lived for others.
1: Oh, what a beautiful way to look at this, Simon. Thank you for sharing that. And I resonate with that quote 100%. Because once you realize or anyone else realizes that you're in control and you can make a change today, life can Mm -hmm. really truly (laughs) unfold in front of you, right? And that was a big realization for me in the last few years that I had control over those decisions and those uh, points. And you talk in the book and in other talks I've I've watched from you as well about this idea of being in the moment. Mm. Let's touch a bit on that because that was something that was foreign to me for a while. I know many people in my life and extended life as well, they struggle with that concept because of course, we have things in the past to worry about that may be coming up without us realizing. And then things in the future that we have to worry about. Bills to pay,
0: a job interview,
1: or going into work or whatever else.
0: <laughs> it's, it's a tragic scenario that so many go through, Constantine, And the tragic scenario is this many of us live as if we are never going to die and then die having never really lived. Now, what tends to happen in the everyday is that we attach our emotional well-being to something in the future that may or may not happen. So to give you some examples, we hear people say things such as, when I get that promotion, then I will be happy. Or when my business becomes successful, then I can live the lifestyle that I want. Or if I don't get this, and I'm going to feel frustrated and sad and angry. Now, if you are giving up your emotional well-being to something that may or may not happen, then you can't live in the present because you're allowing something external to determine your level of happiness. And for me, it took, it took me a number of years to find peace with the idea of being in the present because I was also the same, Constantine. I was always living for the future. I was saying to myself, when I get here when I get there, And then I came across this this quote in Japan. So I went to Japan in 2017. I spent a few weeks in Japan, in Tokyo, in Kyoto, and some of the cities in between. And I remember when I was visiting a temple, there was this statement when translated said the following, be attached to no outcome and open to everything. Be attached to no outcome and open to everything. Now, if you can live in that way, you are able to live in the present. Because when you are, when you detach yourself from the outcome, you start to have fun. You can enjoy the present moment because you're not attached to whether something happens or not. And this, in a way, is the paradox of goal setting. The paradox of goal setting is that, on the one hand, you need to have a goal to aim for so it gives you context for the action you should take today. But at the same time, you shouldn't be attached to the goal happening or not. You should trust in the process of the present moment, what you can do, because in time, the rewards will come. And it does take a while to embrace the idea of living in the present. But when you do, it is so powerful and transformative. In the book, I share an interview that the Netflix documentary, The Last Dance, did with one of Michael Jordan's coaches. And the question they asked one of Michael Jordan's coaches was, what made Michael Jordan Michael Jordan? And the response was quite insightful. The coach told the interviewer, what made Michael Jordan Michael Jordan was not because he was tall or he was a hard worker. I mean, those things are given. You have to be fairly tall to succeed in basketball and you have to work hard if you are going to play in the first team. What he said was Michael's differentiator was his ability to be in the present moment when he was on that court. So he was not worried about the next shot. He didn't care about the last shot. He was only ever focused on the shot that he was taking in that moment. And he joked, he said, many of us go to India and spend months in ashrams to try and find ourselves and be in the present moment. But Michael had this mystical ability to live life in the present moment whenever he stepped foot on that court. Wow,
1: that's, uh, that's a beautiful story there.
0: And I did
1: read it in your book, and it inspired me as well to look at this as, okay, everything I do in life nowadays comes with distractions mm. because we have our phones with us. We have so much noise around us. So we tend to navigate towards, well, I'll talk to you some, but maybe I'll check my messages on the side. Mm-hmm. or um responding to an email for work and maybe a message comes on the messenger and I'm going to check it now, right? So that reminds me of also what you talk about giving our energy away to others or mm-hmm. losing that energy that we can now keep inside like a power and work to being in the moment, work to being the best version of ourselves. So when it comes to energy and to to build on what you just said, how do we look at energy as something that we can have more of without feeling like we're giving it away to everyone else? Mm, mm.
0: Good question. And I think when you talk about distractions, the reason why we so easily give into our distractions is because the vision that we have for our life is not clear and compelling enough. If your vision for what you want to achieve in your life and career is clear and compelling enough, the distractions will fall by the wayside. The distractions will be tiny in comparison to the magnitude of your vision. And you just won't give in to your distractions because you're so magnetized forwards towards making that vision happen. Now, when I think about energy, I see energy through four dimensions, physical, mental, emotional, and spiritual. Now, for many of us, when we think about energy, we focus exclusively on the physical. So we might say things such as, I feel exhausted. I need to get more rest. I need to sleep more. I need to move my body more. I need to eat healthier. So those tend to be the things that we say when we need more energy or we are lacking of energy. However, we often fail to address the other three dimensions, which are your physical, uh, so your mental, your emotional and your spiritual energy. But those things matter. Your mental energy is your ability to focus on what matters most. Your ability to tap into your creativity. Your ability to cultivate a resilient mindset. Your emotional energy is all about awareness. It's about the relationship you have with yourself and others. And your spiritual energy is all about meaning and purpose. When you're doing something that makes you feel alive, you're naturally going to be high on spiritual energy when you're doing something that goes against your values and your beliefs, you're going to be low on spiritual energy. And you might feel that with some tension inside of your body. I love that
1: you went there, Simon, because I also believe in the four bodies of self. And I'm someone that for a very long time ignored the physical side of it to to some Mm -hmm. degree, right? The the eating wall because I wanted to be... Better at my job. I wanted to focus on other things. But then what they realized is that, like you said, with the four bodies of, of self or the four energies, mm. it's like the four wheels on a car. What happens if one is misaligned? What happens if two or three are misaligned, which is what most of us have to deal with? Mm. That means that we cannot really get to our destination, or it's going to be a very bumpy ride, or it's going to be a very slow ride together. So I love that you touched on that. So let me ask you this if someone in the audience says, how do I work on my spiritual energy? How do I work on my emotional energy? I don't want to deal with my emotions. I don't want to have to sit and feel miserable even more because
0: I have all these feelings coming up. Mm, Well, well, let me take each in turn because each will be slightly different. So so if I start with emotional energy, now the greatest way to understand yourself is to journal. It's to write down your thoughts onto paper. Because for a lot of us, we, we don't write our thoughts onto paper. And so what happens is that we keep it all up here in our heads. Yeah. What happens as a result is we end up thinking about our thinking, about our thinking, about our thinking. And we get so caught up in our head that either we don't take any action or we end up feeling depressed because we're so caught up in our head about scenarios that may or may not happen. But when we download what is in here onto paper, we can begin to understand our thoughts in an objective way and gain clarity on the best way forward. It also helps to feed our mind with different perspectives. We realize that the world isn't just one way, but actually, perhaps it could mean something different. So writing and downloading your thoughts onto paper can be a very powerful activity. Think of it as therapy for free. Now, if the person asking me the question may be a little skeptical, about the impact that a shift in your emotional energy can have, what I, like, what I like to do is to get them to do this three-step exercise, which elevates their emotional energy instantly, but also shows them how it influences their mindset. Mm. And the three-step exercise, which I share in the book, is simply this. Step one is to write down the name of somebody who you can be grateful for right now the first person that comes into your mind the second step is to write down why why did you choose this person and go into as much detail as possible when writing down why the third step and this is where the magic happens by the way the third step is to pick up the phone call that person and read out everything that you wrote in step 2 now if that first step is a little uncomfortable at a minimum what you want to be doing is to send a voice note to that person. The key is they have to be able to hear your voice. Why? Because if they got a text message from you, they just don't know the energetic state that you were in when you sent that. And so their mind has to make up the voice that spoke those words. Whereas when they hear your voice, they hear your emotion. And emotion is nothing more than energy in motion. They can feel your energy. They can feel your gratitude. And that has a profound impact, not just on the recipient, but also you as the giver. So that's a great exercise for somebody who wants to understand what emotional energy is about. On the second question, which is about spiritual energy, how do we elevate our spiritual energy? Well, the first step is awareness. Are you doing work that makes you feel alive or are you doing work that drains your soul and exhausts your spirit? Now, if it's the latter, then clearly there's something to address it. And so the next step is to then ask yourself, what are all the things that give me energy in life? And how much of those things am I actually doing day to day? Because the reality is so many of us are spending our days, our weeks, our months and our years focusing our attention on the things that drain us of energy and so if we can shift our focus towards the things that make us feel alive that give us energy then guess what naturally your spiritual energy is going to rise
1: absolutely i love those examples and the exercise you gave in the first one and i'll touch on it in a second Mm -hmm. but i do want to emphasize what you just said is find time to look at what you love to look at what brings you alive. And honestly, it took me a while to do that. And once I did, I never looked back. I, let's say, quote unquote, spend more time between my corporate job and between doing the podcast, creating social media content than ever before. And I feel more alive than ever before. I feel more fulfilled. Every day is beautiful, right? Because I can be my authentic self now. I can be bringing this joy and happiness into my professional life, makes me a better coworker. And in doing whatever else I'm doing on the side, being with my partner, with my dogs, with my family. So I can attest to exactly what you're saying because I put it into practice. And honestly, I was a skeptic at the beginning. I have a mathematics background. I'm like, why would that work? It doesn't make sense. Now you start looking at it. And for those that like to look at research like I did, mm-hmm. there's a lot out there that can promote the idea of gratitude that you mentioned in the first example, right? idea of building stronger connections and being more authentic and spending time and finding your purpose or finding your why. Mm. So speaking about what you just said, the example, that three step, that also touches on the gratitude piece as I mentioned. How important is a practice of gratitude in your perspective, in your own life, but
0: also those that you work with and friends and family? It's, It's such a fundamental part of everything I do, Constantine, because when you live life with gratitude and you express it and that's a key part and you yeah. express it it's like what we what, what I shared just now in the exercise writing who you're grateful for doesn't mean a thing unless you express it to that person when you express gratitude magical things begin to happen uh to to give an example something that occurred early in my entrepreneurial career i i was sending a message to this this event space because I was looking to host an event. <laughs> and so I sent a message to this, um, to this woman and I said to her, how much does it cost to book out your event space for something I'm looking to put together in a few months' time? And her response was, was just incredible. She said to me, Simon, don't worry. You can have the venue for free and we would love to support your work in helping you reach more people. And I just responded to her and I said, how come? I mean, I'm more than happy to pay because I know you have to make some money as well. And I'm more than happy to pay what you need to to have the venue. And her response was telling in how powerful gratitude can be. She said to me simply, Simon, we have never forgotten the gifts that you sent us last Christmas. That gratitude, that appreciation that you shared with us was so warmly received that we're now all fans of your work. We can't wait to see you succeed and go to that next level. And we want to be a part of your journey. And I just thought, wow, because I gave that gift a year before as my way of saying thank you for your support. But I did so with no attachment to an outcome. I didn't give the gift and say, I'm going to give you a gift, but I expect you to give something back to me. I gave it and I forgot about it. Because for me, feeling gratitude and expressing gratitude just became a part of who I am. And I think when we can do that every single week, and it doesn't have to be a grand gesture, it could be something as simple as dropping somebody a voice note and just saying, Hey, I really appreciate the work that you did yesterday. And for turning around the projects in such a short time frame was very helpful to me. And I just wanted to share a bit of gratitude for your efforts. Now imagine if you received a voice note like that. Again, it doesn't have to be a grand gesture, but just receiving some gratitude and appreciation can transform our day. Yes. Wow, Simon,
1: what a beautiful and inspiring example. And I was looking back at my life, and yes, whenever I would receive those messages, I receive more and more these days. Mm. It makes your day, it makes your week, it makes your month. But what it also makes me think about is all the people around us they never get to get those messages or they don't get them often enough or they don't get a nice thing said to them or done for them. Mm. So I love this idea of, yeah, a voice note, maybe opening the door for someone, saying something nice to someone on the street, putting a smile on your face. Any of those can make such a huge difference. And what I've realized, and I'm curious to see your take here, is that when I do something out of gratitude, when I do something for others, Mm. of course it brings them joy for the most part, but it brings me so much more.
0: It's almost like the more you give, the more you actually get in return. It's such a beautiful exchange. (laughs) It's it's, it's such a beautiful exchange. And it reminds me of the fact that our value as humans in this world, no matter your background, occupation or wealth status, your value is determined by how much more you have given to the world than you have taken from it. And remember, giving to the world doesn't have to be financial. It can be through your gestures, through your actions, through the way you show up, for the way you are with other people. That is what, gives your life meaning that is how people remember you for
1: yeah absolutely simon that's well said and i love that because it, it it's something that gets reinforced more and more as i learn more and more and grow my myself as a human being and realizing that we all have such amazing unique stories mm. and we can start sharing things from our life with others and that's a form of giving in my mind because now if i've gone through let's say depression like i did in the last year last year 2022 If I share my story, if I become vulnerable, if I become authentic, then I can help people that were at the stage or out of the Mm -hmm. stage where I was on back then. So now I'm giving back by just being Mm -hmm. me, by just sharing this information. I feel that society nowadays tries to paint a picture where we cannot be ourselves because we'll be judged or look Mm -hmm. at differently. So how would you tell someone, let's say I come to work with you, Simon, or I want to just chat with you and say, Mm -hmm. Simon, I would like to be more vulnerable. We know the world needs more of it. But I'm afraid people at work might judge me. Friends may look at me differently. What
0: can I do? Mm. Well, the first thing, and, and I'm going to just play this out if we were having yeah. a conversation course, as, yeah. as uh, a coach and client here, Constantine. But the first question I would say back to you is, what is important about the opinions of other people, the people that you've just mentioned? Yeah, and I,
1: I, I'll i be honest I've been in the scenario many years back mm. and I've overcome it since. but I, I, it brings back memories I want to fit in I grew up feeling like I don't fit in groups that I have to work really hard to be mm. part of these various environments so mm. I don't want to be left out I want to be seen as someone that's not weak mm. by showing my brother by showing me the fact that I cry when I feel emotional right either for good or bad things mm-hmm. I go through depression like other people have gone, right? I Mm. feel sad at times. I feel joy at times. So, yeah, that's why.
0: Mm. And then for me, again, it will be a process to go deeper and deeper and deeper. What is important about fitting in? And again, that answer might be different for each person. Someone might say, well, it's because I don't want to feel left out. Well, what does it feel like to be left out? And again, as you go deeper and deeper, we might start to uncover certain beliefs or truths that have defined the person that they are today. Maybe when they were younger, they were left out and now they don't want to be left out ever again because of that experience and they want to fit in again. And so it's really understanding what drives somebody's beliefs and the way they see their world. And then once you've got to that point of really understanding their world as it is now, you can then step into that world with them and help guide them forwards to a new world. Because, only when we've understood someone at their core can we understand the shifts that have to occur for them to show up as their best selves. And, and for me, that's one of the most beautiful parts of the work I get to do is to witness that transformation occur, that metamorphosis, if you will, from the person that they come to me as and the person I know that they can become.
1: Oh, isn't that beautiful? That's what we all strive to do at least, or we should strive to do, become the best version of ourselves. Mm. And how long do you see this transformation take? Because in my mind, it's something that's lifelong, right? You, you keep mm. learning and growing and keep learning. But to go from a state where you're unhappy, perhaps, you don't know what you want in life, to finding that out and, and putting mm. the right steps in place. How long do you say on average
0: someone can expect to, to take? Well, I think there are two parts to it. The first part is you're right, Constantine. It's lifelong, it's a journey that never ends. Uh, when I came into this personal development journey, I believed at the beginning that there was a dare, whatever dare is. When I reach there, then I'm going to be successful. When I reach there, then I can retire. I mean, the fact is, there is no dare. Because what happens when you reach there, you stop learning, you become complacent. And you forget why you did what you did to get there in the first place. So for me, it's all about being better than who you were yesterday. If you are constantly better than who you were yesterday, you are developing the skills to be able to adapt to whatever the world throws your way. And the world is constantly changing. The world is always changing. New technologies, economies come and go, uh, trends come and go. But if you are in this, Eternal student mindset, you equip yourself with the ability to navigate whatever storms are going to come your way. In terms of the second part of the question, which is how long does it take to get to this point of happiness or fulfillment? Well, that is going to be very personal to each person because we are all going to come into this journey at very different points. And it also comes down to the actions that we take today. You know, for some of us, we can only take one step forward each day, which is still great, mind you, because a year from now, that is 365 steps forward. So that's still a great uh, bit of action to take. But if some of us can take three or four steps a day, then, of course, you're going to move forward a lot quicker. The key thing, however, is regardless of how long it takes you, what you want to embrace is a bias towards action collapse that gap between idea or insight and execution and that's going to be the best skill you can develop have an action-oriented mindset and regardless of your speed you're always going to arrive somewhere where you desire to be because if you're putting in the work today no doubt tomorrow you're going to be in a far better place
1: absolutely simon and I really appreciate the way you answered that. And I can resonate a hundred percent. Because one of the reasons I asked the second part of the question how long it takes is because for some reason society is so focused these days with like do this and in three months you'll mm-hmm. be this. Mm-hmm. Follow these ten steps and you're gonna get this much money, you'll lose this much weight. And I've been there myself because I fell in the trap and I'm like, Oh, I'm gonna do this, and like you said, I have this target now, this expectation, of course the results are going to be different because I'm different than whoever put a plan in place and I have my own priorities and my own struggles to fight. And now I get to this point and it's like, no, it doesn't work for me. So it's finding your own way there and not relying on someone telling you, it's going to take you three months. Don't worry, after three months, you're going to be
0: feeling much happier. Mm-hmm. No one except the answer except you. And that's one of life's greatest adventures. It is to understand what is your life philosophy. So I will have Simon's philosophy for living, you will have Constantine's philosophy for living, and the listeners will have their own philosophy for living. And we can be inspired, we can learn from mentors and coaches and books and seminars, but then you take that information and you figure out which of those bits of information resonate most with me, and which of those things would I enjoy applying to my life, and over time you begin to build your own philosophy. This is what I do as my non-negotiables. These are the books I read. These are the people I spend time with. These are the shows I watch and the podcasts I listen to. And over time, you discover what works best for you. And that is why we are always in this constant state of experimentation. We're experimenting, experimenting, experimenting. And once you've found the philosophy or the way of living that works for you, it just becomes so much more fun.
1: And if I'm hearing everything you're saying there, you're talking about a lot of self-discovery, like going Mm. inwards and looking for those answers and not just expect everyone else is going to give them to you. And and Simon, I've been there myself so many times, Mm. reading all the books, watching all the videos on YouTube, uh, listening to all the podcasts and looking at people as if they knew me so well that they could tell me what to do and
0: magically I'll be happy and joyful and fulfilled and all that. Mm. It, it, it's true i mean like I, I shared a statement on social media a few days back where i said that execution would teach you far more than any advice ever will and it's true because only by doing will you get the lesson yeah. when you put things into action you get feedback and then you will find your next bit of action and you get feedback again and you will find it again and again and so on but if you're not putting things into action how do you ever expect to learn and that is that difference between those who make leaps and bounds in their progress and those who are still in the same position or going sideways years later. It's the fact that they were focused on putting things into action. Yeah. And when we, when we think about action, there's a, there's a way of seeing it. And it's, and it's like this. When you make moves towards the future you want, the future you want makes moves towards you. Mm-hmm. and when you let those words sink in you realize just how important it is to show up and put something into action
1: yes i love, I love that, that. simon
0: oh that, that's advice i would give my 20
1: year old self like right
0: right?
1: <laughs> right? because i would be like hey just just a station like you have amazing thoughts all of us do right all of us have amazing ideas
0: mm-hmm. but then
1: we let fear creep in we let distractions creep in and then we don't take action. And I, in my case, at least, I and mean, I'm curious to see what you've seen in your experience. It was a lot to do with the fear of failure, the mm. fear of maybe not taking the chance or taking the chance and not getting to what I would want to get. So I would rather stay in my head where it all looked amazing mm. instead of actually taking the action where it could be failing.
0: Mm. And I think this is a reality we all have to accept. And social media can seduce us to think that the future is going to be glamorous, exciting, lots of money, things are going to happen overnight. But the reality is far from that. Mm -hmm. However, if we can accept the reality that there is going to be pain, there is going to be setbacks, there is going to be failure and challenges, guaranteed, whenever you embark on a path that you've never embarked on before, you're going to face these things. Now, if you can accept that, And understand that they are necessary for you to get to that next level, for you to discover how strong you truly are, and for you to get anywhere close to where you want to be, then you begin building a healthier relationship with those very things. So instead of seeing failure as an outcome, what happens is you begin to embrace failure as a teacher. And when you see failure as a teacher, you approach the Unexpected events or setbacks with humility and not ego. So, ego will say, Why me? Why aren't I capable of achieving this? Or why does he or she get there and I can't? Whereas, humility says, What is the lesson here? What is the opportunity that this is now presented? How can I do this different next time? And so, humility seeks to learn. And that's why, if we approach things such as failure and challenges in a much healthier way, it can be a huge influence on where we end up going.
1: Oh, Absolutely, Simon. love that. Yeah, it's the idea of looking at potential failures that will come up our lives of just mm. falling down as opportunities to just learn more mm. and do it the next mm-hmm. time. You say it so, so well. So I'll ask you this. Can you tell us one big learning you've had
0: in the last, let's say, six months? One big learning I've had in the last six months is never never underestimate the impact of building your network and relationships mm. because it's so much easier. And, and, I'm, and this, this applies whether you're, you're looking to grow your career in an organization or you're running your own business. It's so easy to think if only I have more social media followers or I post more content on social media, uh, I'll get the audience and the relationships I need. But the fact is a lot of the biggest, uh, Decisions and the best relationships happen outside of social media. So it could be somebody that you meet at a conference, could be the person you needed to meet to introduce you to a big opportunity. Or it could be one person sitting in the room who listened to you share your story, who now wants to invite you to his company. Yes. And so in the last six months, one of the lessons I learned is never underestimate the habit of constantly expanding and nurturing your network. Because the more you do that, the more opportunities you begin to unfold and the more people find it easier to refer you to their own networks.
1: Oh, wow, that's an amazing lesson, Simon. That's one that I'm going through myself right now. Because when I started this journey with a podcast and mm. posting more on social media, it was new to me. Mm. And I thought, that, again, watching videos of experts, gurus, that the numbers is what matters. So I'm going to want to have a million followers and that's going to be amazing. Mm. But then the question I got to ask myself is, do I want a million followers that don't mm. even care about me? I don't know on any personal level. Or do I want a small following where I can find these connections that, you meant, that you're that mm. you talking about? And yes, I'm talking about social media, but it expands to in person. As you start mm. traveling, as you start doing events, as you go to local events, you can start building this. And yeah, I love that that lesson. And how would you say not valuing that or not getting that lesson, let's say earlier in your career or your life has affected you? Because I would imagine, of course you build your network all this time. It's not like you weren't doing a good job at it, but how has this lesson changed the way
0: you do things? Sure. So I guess when I look at the lesson and the way it affects how I do things, you're right. I mean, from the beginning, networking relationships have been so important, but in terms Mm -hmm. of the impacts more recently, it's, It's even more powerful because, of course, the relationships I'm making now are very different to the relationships I was making right at the beginning of my journey. The relationships I was making at the beginning of my journey was just to get clients. The relationships I'm making now is to take my brand and my profile to the next level. So, of course, the objectives and the people I connect with will be very different. But if there's anything I learned is that the habits I did at the beginning, I still do today. So sharing an example of this. When I first started my journey, I would say 80, 90% of the time, if somebody sent a connection request to me on LinkedIn or I sent a connection request to them and either of us accepted, I would send a voice note to say, hey, I'm Simon. Great to connect with you on LinkedIn. Look forward to learning more about your work. And I still do that today. I still do that today. I haven't changed that habit. And what I learned from that is when we're building relationships, it's powerful to personalize the experience. If you can personalize the experience so you know, we, we spoke off air just now about my social media I love responding to people's comments. I love responding to people's emails. Now one thing I would say is that I'm not always timely on everything, but you are always going to respond to some point. Yes. And that's because when it comes to building your network and cultivating those relationships, Nothing beats that personalized touch. And to know that they're speaking to the person that they're engaging with, for me, if that was me receiving that message or voice note or email or text, that would really touch me. And so that's one way that it has influenced how I do things. Wow, Simon, and I really love that you went there
1: because when you and I connected a few months back on LinkedIn, Mm -hmm. I said hello. I uh, I love your work. And then you just come back to me with that voice message. Honestly, I was like, wow, I can't believe he took time out of his day. <laughs> because you're busy, right? You you mm-hmm. travel around the world. You have a family. You have a business to run. So many people talk. But yet you took a couple of minutes to leave me a message. And then, yes, you're absolutely right. The way it made me feel, it, it, it made me want to do that for other people as well because mm-hmm. I saw the power in it. But mm-hmm. also it allowed us to connect on a yeah. different level. We exchanged some more messages. I left you a voice message. Mm. And the rest is history. We're here today Mm. recording this beautiful conversation. And I don't think it would have happened if it was a lot more impersonal, which most exchanges Mm. on social media are these days. Mm. And I fall in that category a lot as well. Mm. So thank you for that powerful reminder because I think anyone listening, it doesn't matter what line of business you are in, you can leave a voicemail to Mm. someone. Mm. It could be a new connection on LinkedIn. It could be, like you said, the call, or someone you're grateful for, mm. or even better, invite them for a coffee. Say, "Hey, we haven't tried in a while. Let's go out for a bit." If you see
0: you, if you are local, definitely, definitely. And and again, it's kind of uh, showing up as uh, as a fellow human. I mean, after all, the 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 giveaways in the title you said social media. It's all about being social for for many. People I, I follow and see on social media—we've forgotten the social aspect of it. Yes, we, we post stuff, but we don't engage, or we don't respond, or we ignore people that send us messages. I'm like, but the whole point of being on social media is to be social. Uh, and and so for me, there's there's nothing quite as rewarding as engaging with my followers who show me love and support by engaging with my content and you know following my work, sharing my work, and the least I could do is just reply or send a message back and that's what i try and do in in in, in how i show up
1: oh that's uh, that's beautiful and and inspiring all at the same time mm-hmm. i would imagine there's a scalability issue at one point as you as your following grows and you
0: get more and more people by your side exactly get it out right <laughs> but, 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 but that's why i say that uh, you know i i will respond at the, uh, but the question is when I, uh, as, as I get bigger and bigger, then, of course, uh, you might have to give me a bit more time to respond. <laughs> absolutely, absolutely. No, that's, uh, that's amazing, Simon. So let's. Uh, I, have,
1: I have your book in front of me. I read it a couple of times. But there is, um, on the front of this book, at least in Canada, there's a quote from Simon Sinek, who is one of the people that got me started on finding my wife, finding my purpose, maybe six, seven years ago. And he says, you know, this book is exactly what we need in this moment. How did it feel to you to receive those words from mm. someone like Simon that's been doing this work for a long time and right, he's, he's got his own following, he's got his own visions. How does it feel to you when you receive those beautiful messages? Because, I mean, I feel happy for you. I, I feel <laughs> grateful that others are realizing the beauty in the
0: work you do and we can find more inspiration in the world around us. I'm, I'm going to be honest, Constantine. When I got the email... Uh, and and it arrives in my inbox in the morning because obviously being in the UK I'm yes. a number of hours ahead, and so I got the email in the morning and my mind was just blown. I mean I had to reread that email a few times just to make sure they were actually giving me an endorsement, and and I even said to my wife, "Can you just check this is actually happening?" And and so it was a very surreal moment uh, to have got that endorsement. I remember dropping a text to my publisher that Simon has just endorsed the book. And I remember them replying and saying, wow, that's incredible because he, he rarely endorses a book. Yes, and um, to see his endorsement on your book is it's amazing. And, and so I was, as you can imagine, I was full of joy at seeing the positive feedback he gave for the book. And the funny story I, I share with friends because I don't know what made Simon give me an endorsement but the funny story I like to share with my friends is that he has a soft spot for the fact that I'm also called Simon. Yes.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say, right? Simon sees a <laughs> Simon. Oh, so it's all good now. But that's that's beautiful to see, and of course, to it's a testament to the work you do, and you've been yeah. doing for so long. So, for those in the audience that you know want to pick up the book. Or let's say they want to know more about what energize means or mm. energy means. Let, let's dive into that a bit because we all have our own definitions of what that may be.
0: But what does it mean to you in this context of what you put in the book and what we've been mm. talking about? Sure. So first of all, in terms of your first question, if people wanted to get a copy of the book, they can go on to getenergizedbook.com. Uh So that's energize with a Z. Uh, or if it's easier, you can just go into your local Amazon. So if you're in Canada, it's available on the Amazon there. If you're in the US, it's on Amazon there. UK is on the Amazon there. And hopefully, fingers crossed, it's also available in your local Amazon. So you can purchase it there. In terms of what the book's about when, uh, when I think about energy, so I mentioned already earlier in this uh, conversation about energy being through four dimensions. So yes. physical, mental, emotional, and spiritual. But at a high level, Energy is, is essentially your life force. It's the uh, engine that you have to show up as the best version of yourself each day. And it's not something new. I mean, this is something that has been around for centuries, if not longer. If you go back to ancient civilizations, uh, they would have referred to this as prana. And prana is still a word that they talk about in the practice of yoga. So they were call prana as this sort of uh, life force that exists all around us. If you look at Maori culture, they call it mana. Uh, If you go back to my Chinese uh, origins, they will call it chi. And for more recent generations, if you are a fan of the Star Wars film franchise, you would call it the force. Now, whatever term or words you use to describe it, we're all talking about the same thing, which is energy as a life force. And this is why, for me, energy management, not time management, is the key to productivity because you may be time rich, but if you are energy poor, you are going to waste that time. You are going to procrastinate. And before you know it, that time disappears and you'll be like, where did all that time go? And that is the experience many of us are going through these days. We are desiring more time in our lives, but yet we waste the time we have. Whereas if you are energy rich, even if you're time poor, you still get a lot more done in the time you do have than many do in weeks or months. And that is why understanding how to optimize your energy is key to productivity.
1: Oh, I love the Simon. So thank you for going to more depth there. And I can resonate with that 100%. I've done the first part of it, lots mm. of time, energy poor. And it's like, oh, I had a day and I wanted to accomplish A, B, and C. And I've only done like a part of A. Mm. But then I also seen the flip side of it a lot more recently. It's like, always wonder, how can I get done so much stuff in mm. this little time? Because my brain before was like, oh, no, we can't. We need this much <laughs> space or this many days to accomplish something. And it's a, it's a good test to do on ourselves, I think, to, to realize, okay, let's put ourselves in a mind that's not distracted. Like you said, get yourself more energy through working on those four energetic levels and see what can happen. Mm. Because we'll surprise
0: even the toughest critics within ourselves. <laughs> Yeah. And here's the great thing is that once you start taking action on what matters, you begin to create momentum. And momentum is incredible because momentum is essentially this I am going places feeling. Yeah. When you start to have that feeling inside of you that I'm going places, things are working out. Imagine where I could be a year from now. Then what happens is that starts to energize you even further. Then you want to take the next step, the next step and the next step. And so just getting started tends to be the hardest thing. But once you've started, once you've got momentum behind you, just imagine where you could be a year from now. And you talked about
1: taking action earlier. Mm. It's all about taking action in the moment, not putting it off. Mm. And again, that's a tough lesson that I keep having to relearn as I go <laughs> to this beautiful life, right? Because every time you do take the action, you're like, like you said, you feel more energized, you feel like you're on the right path. But even if you fail and it's something that's not necessarily successful, lots to, lots to learn from that and apply to the next mm. time you take action.
0: Definitely. I mean, even putting out a challenge for the listeners and viewers of this uh, this conversation, I would say, if you are taking notes, and I hope you are taking notes, because there's a lot of things that we're discussing. But at the end of this conversation, look through the notes that you have taken down, and say to yourself, which one of these ideas or insights am I going to action immediately? Mm. Just choose one. I mean, if you if you can do more, great. But just start with one. What one thing will I commit to putting into action immediately after this session, after this conversation and just go from there?
1: Yeah. Simon, I'll I'll be the first to do that. I'll say
0: (laughs) I'm going to commit to leaving at least
1: three voicemails a day Mm to new connections or, and or coworkers, people in my Mm. life that I'm grateful for. Right. So it's one of the two, because those two are such a beautiful reminder of, yeah. How we can give back without really spending anything more than a few minutes of our time. Mm, mm, definitely. I love it, Constantine. <laughs> <laughs> wow, Simon, this conversation has been so amazing so far. Thank you so much again for, for taking time to talk with us. Let me ask you this. Let's say you could try time travel. You could go back to, let's say, 10 years ago. Or you pick a time mm. where maybe you were struggling a bit with one of those four energetic situations. Mm. What would you advise your younger self, the, the younger Simon to maybe focus on one thing. And I asked that question because we also look at many other people in the world right now that are unsure about what the next step is. And they may look and say, yeah, I'm
0: Simon 10 years ago. Mm-hmm. So maybe that will help me too. Yeah. Well, two, two things come to mind actually constantly. If I could share some words of wisdom with the younger Simon, uh, the first one would be listen to your heart more than the opinions of other people. Listening to your heart may not get you to where you want to be, but it will always get you to where you need to be. And the second bit of advice I would share is this. You may be going through a particularly tough time at the moment. You may be feeling that life is a little bleak and dark. But in hindsight, you will come to understand that those experiences will equip you with the wisdom and the insight to build the best moments of your life. Wow. Wow. Uh, you know, those are uh,
1: two so such important messages, inspiring, and it's a mic drop moment, right? We, we could end right there, and it's so beautiful. <laughs> because, I mean, again, I, I'm listening to what you're saying, that I'm truly listening. Not only can you apply to my life right now, but it can apply to my life, 5, 10, 15, 20 years ago. And it's, it's mm. so beautiful. And that's why when I found a sign to do to the top of my right there that says, follow your heart. Mm. Wow. It spoke so, so well to me and what I feel. Like, it sounds like you feel as well in the world. It's like following your heart, listening to your heart, because you have the answers. No one else mm-hmm. does. Mm. Yeah, love that. Love that, Simon. So <laughs> we told people where the book uh, can be found. And of course we'll put the details in the show notes. Where can people find you if they
0: want to connect with you? Sure. Uh, I am available on all the major social media platforms, but the two that I use the most are LinkedIn. So you can search Simon Alexander Ong and Instagram. uh, My handle is at Simon Alexander O. And I look forward to connecting with you further on those. Awesome.
1: Thank you, Simon. So let me ask you this before I let you go for the day. Is there anything else that comes up that you would like to share with the audience that maybe we haven't touched on? And of course, there's so many topics Mm. that could
0: fall in that category. I would say one final thing that I would share with the audience is this. We, We often fall into the trap of thinking that we all live in one common reality. But the fact is we all live in customized realities. So what I mean by that is we live in the feeling of our thinking moment to moment to moment. What you bring into your thinking, you bring into your, re- into your reality. So to give an example, if you, if you crash your car into a wall, the wall doesn't get angry, the car doesn't get sad, but we as humans, we need to interpret an event with emotion. What does that event mean to us? And that is where you have a superpower. Your superpower is in choosing what an event or experience means for you. Because at any given moment, you can choose a different thought. That's why an event can be great for some, but not great for others. An event can mean happiness for some, and it can mean sadness for others. But you get to choose that meaning. So when you understand the fact that we live in the feeling of our thinking moment to moment, and you can choose one new thought over another, you begin to understand that you are both the sculpture and the sculptor. (laughs) Inspiring, Simon. love it. And
1: thought-provoking as well, Mm. because that tells you you actually have free will. You have the power of choice, which for the longest time being raised in Eastern Europe, growing through the communist era, I didn't feel like I had much of a choice Mm. in many things. But then, like you said, If you stop and realize and think about any situation, you have a choice at least in
0: the moment over the thoughts you you take and the actions that follow it. It's so true. You, You always have a choice. I mean, even not choosing is a choice. Yes. And whatever you are not changing, you are in fact choosing. And so when you understand the power of choice, it's then up to you to own your choices. I mean, life doesn't really happen until you start taking responsibility for where you are and where you're going. When you take full ownership, of where you are right now and where you want to be, guess what? You start living each day with intention. And that makes life far more of an exciting venture to be a part of. Absolutely. I cannot agree more, Simon.
1: (laughs) That's a, a great way to end this conversation and leave the audience really thinking about what they want to do more in their life and realizing they have the power, they have the choice, and they have hopefully the energy or work towards getting that energy and all those four pillars you spoke about. Simon, it's been such a pleasure. Honestly, I've learned so much. It's, it's been an honor to have you on the show. Thank you so much for the opportunity. Thank you so much for being with us today. To find out more amazing content and episodes, please visit UnleashThyself.com or you can find us on social media.